dear listeners, today in the studio Xenia and the new episode of Experience the World. October is in full swing, which means that soon world will be celebrating Halloween. Although most Americans spend Halloween dressing up and trick-or-treating, other countries have their own celebratory rituals. So, today I invite you to talk about Halloween-like traditions from around the world. Stay tuned and spooky! Boo! <laughs> Millions celebrate Halloween around the world, but only a few know of its Celtic roots. Held every year on 32nd of October in Ireland and Scotland, the Samhain festival found its origin 2000 years ago. It was the division of the year between the lighter half, summer, and the darker half, winter. At Samhain, the division between this world and the other world was at its thinnest, allowing spirits to pass through. It was believed that during Samhain, the souls of those who had died that year traveled to the other world, and that other souls would return to visit their homes. The family's ancestors were honored and invited home while harmful spirits were warded off. People wore costumes and masks to disguise themselves as harmful spirits and thus avoid harm. Bonfires and food played a large part in the festivities. Food was prepared for the living and the dead. Christianity incorporated with honoring of the dead into the Christian calendar with All Saints or All Hallows on the 1st of November, followed by All Souls on the 2nd of November. The wearing of costumes and masks to ward off harmful spirits survived as Halloween customs. The Irish immigrated to America in great numbers during the 19th century, especially around the time of famine in Ireland during the 1840s. The Irish carried the Halloween traditions to America, where today it's one of the major holidays of the year. Through time, other traditions have blended into Halloween. For example, the American harvest time tradition of carving pumpkins. By the way, do you know why we carve pumpkins at Halloween? The origin comes from an Irish myth about Stingy Jack, who tricked the devil for his own monetary gain. When Jack died, God didn't allow him into heaven and the devil didn't let him into hell. So Jack was sentenced to roam the earth for eternity. In Ireland, people started to carve demonic faces out of turnips to frighten away Jack's wandering soul. And when Irish immigrants moved to the USA, they began carving Jack's or lanterns from pumpkins. As I have already mentioned, on the 1st of November, many Catholics around the world celebrate All Saints Day, followed by All Souls Day. It's an annual time to honor the lives of the saints who died for their Catholic beliefs, as well as the souls of dead family members. In observance of the holiday, people go to Mass and 
and visit the graves of their loved ones. While the event is celebrated worldwide, Germany has its own tradition. Many hide their kitchen knives so that returning spirits won't be accidentally harmed or use the same knives to harm the living. <laughs> Let's move on and I have a question for you. Have you watched Coco? So you may guess that next I will tell you about Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead. It's one of Mexico's most widespread traditions which is now heavily associated with Halloween. Dia de los Muertos is celebrated annually in Mexico on the first two days of November, principally a celebration of both life and death in which families commemorate their deceased loved ones. And of course, there are more than a few traditions and customs associated with this event. The construction of altars is perhaps the principal custom on this long-standing celebration. Often decorated in vibrant oranges and purples and with placed ofrendas or offerings such as candles, flowers and personal possessions. On the 1st of November, Dia de los Innocentes, deceased children are offered toys and sweets, while the 2nd of November sees ofrendas for deceased adults such as alcohol, cigarettes and football shirts, as well as Mexican cempasuchiles and pan de muerte. So, what is Sempasuchil? This flower is also known as Flor de Muerto or Marigold in English. Mexicans believe that this flower helps guide their loved one's soul back to the world of the living. And given that it only flowers during the rainy season which precedes the day of death, it has now become heavily and primarily associated with these festivities. And what is pan de muerto? <laughs> Thankfully, this is not bread made of dead people. It's actually orange-flavored sweet bread, which has bone-like decorations atop it. Although many choose to stay at home on the night of the 1st of November and the early hours of the 2nd of November, holding graveside vigils is still common in many Mexican communities and are by far one of this celebration's most iconic rituals. One of the most emblematic characters to represent this holiday is La Catrina, a classy skeletal lady that was created by José Guadalupe Posada in order to bring elegance and sense of aristocracy to the celebration. Katrina comes from the word Katrin, meaning a distinguished gentleman who is well-dressed. Skeletal characters like this have a long history in Mexico of serving as a certain criticism over the different disparities between the classes and continue to represent the idea that we are all socially equal. In many major cities, festival takes place in the most important streets with many beautifully decorated floats that are often like floating clouds or flowers with specific themes. 
The Katrina Parade is probably the most famous, even for this custom more or less only applies to Mexico City. Each year, hundreds of people dress up as Katrinas and paint their faces in the typical style of the Katrina skull, complete with colorful accents around their eyes and cheeks. All in all, the day of that is a way of maintaining a healthy and intimate relationship we are known and is not only an occasion for festivities but also for a profound recollection of those who died and an invitation to reflect on life and death. <laughs> What better way to celebrate Halloween than in the legendary castle of Count Dracula, the world's prototypical vampire. Each year during Halloween, people around the world flock to Transylvania's Bran Castle, where they can explore hidden tunnels and wander through secret staircases, all while learning about the history of 14th century fortress and its significance to Bram Stoker 1987 novel. The vampires are fictional, but the fun isn't. As costume parties attended by more than a thousand travelers and held there every Halloween night. Transylvania, the land beyond the forest, as its Latin name suggests, is one of the four major regions of Romania. The heart of Transylvania constitutes the area in central Romania surrounded by Carpathian Mountains. This region also hosts the famous Bran Castle and is the cradle of Dracula's legend. And this is where legend and history intertwine. Contrary to what many may believe, Count Dracula did not exist. He is the main character in the 1897 book Dracula, written by Irish author Bram Stoker. Many scholars suggest that Dracula was based on Vlad Tepes, Vlad the Impaler a Romanian prince who ruled Wallachia in the 15th century. Vlad Tepes was also known as Vlad Dracul, a name derived from the Crusader Order of the Dragon, and historians of the time portrayed him as a ruthless, bloodthirsty tyrant who used to impale his enemies. And Bran Castle is the only castle in Romania that fits the description in Stoker's book. So, it's widely known as Dracula's castle. Vlad the Impaler, however, never owned Bran Castle. He was associated with it on numerous occasions, including in 1459 when he passed through the town of Bran, burnt its suburbs and murdered hundreds of Saxons. He is also believed to have been imprisoned in the castle for two months by a rival king in 1462. There was no legend of Dracula in Romania before Bram Stoker's book. But there has always been in Romanian culture a fear of ghosts and evil spirits raising from the dead and haunting the living. 
Being a people so rooted in all traditions and beliefs, superstitions and tales of ghosts, maybe the reason Dracula fits so well in Romanian culture. Throughout centuries, there were stories, especially in rural areas, where customs are preserved and passed down from generation to generation, that locals who felt haunted by the dead would walk to the cemetery in the middle of the night, dig up the deceased, and stick a wooden stake in his heart to make sure he was truly dead. Interestingly, Halloween is a fairly recent tradition transplanted from the United States, as in many countries, actually. But Halloween is not part of... Romanian tradition, said a history professor at the high school in Arad, Romania. It's viewed as a pagan non-Christian celebration observed especially in the urban setting. For Romanians, Halloween highlights the idea of socializing, an excuse to get together and party. Conversely, the Day of Dead, observed on the 1st of November, is a somber religious holiday that plays a much bigger role in Romanians' lives. It's celebrated particularly in Transylvania, where the Catholic influences left their mark on the Orthodox population, which borrowed this holiday ever since the Austrian-Hungarian Empire ruled Transylvania in the 18th century. And our holiday is the Night of Saint Andrew, the country's patron saint. And it's celebrated on the night of 29th of November. And it's maybe the Romanian equivalent of Halloween. This night is associated with various superstitions, including love spells and the belief that this is the night when vampires and evil spirits rise and walk on earth, prompting the living to bring out the garlic toward all ghosts. And of course, these days the best place to attend a traditional Halloween party in Romania is in Dracula's backyard at Brown Castle. Located in a charming landscape of valleys and surrounded by the peaks of mountains, Brown Castle was built in 14th century and served initially as a military fortress. Today, it's one of Romania's main tourist attractions, drawing more than 650 thousand visitors annually. Brand Castle is the unofficial brand of Romania. And good news, Brand Castle has been organizing Highland parties since 2009, and actually everyone can visit it. It offers Vlad Tepes guided tours from dusk until after midnight and various forms of entertainment, including traditional dances from Romania folklore, the presence of Count Dracula, ghosts and vampires, as well as music, horror movies and animation. <laughs> Have you ever heard about Valpurgis Night? It's a chilly night of bright fires, witches' sabbaths, widely held superstitions, roaming demon dogs, and sky filled with revealing ghosts, wizards, devil, goblins, specters, and skeletons. And it 
takes place in the spring on the 30th of April, approximately six months after Halloween. People all over the world celebrate spring's own spooky holiday. It's called Walpurgisnacht in German-speaking cultures, and I'm almost sure I pronounce it <laughs> not correctly, sorry. And also it's called May Day Eve in English-speaking cultures, and heralds the celebration of Beltane in pagan cultures. The 30th of April is even the dominant spooky holiday in most Central European and Scandinavian countries, where it has more cultural currency than the Halloween. As opposed to the traditional practice of honoring the dead, in most Halloween-like traditions, Walpurgis Night in tale commemorates the folkloric get-together of witches as they fly in a top-way broomsticks to the highest peak of the Harz Mountains. Celebrated all throughout the Harz region in around 20 festival locations, the all-day event includes custom parades, bonfires, bands and streets flanked on all sides with food and craft stalls. <laughs> like people all over the world, the Chinese have special customs regarding dead people and they ghosts that are thousands of years old. The popular folk religion called Taoism includes days for dealing with errant ghosts in the land. When we visit in the seventh month of the lunar calendar, special precautions and ceremonies are necessary. And the Hungry Ghost Festival is the most important festival of Hungry Ghost Month. The origin of the Hungry Ghost Festival and the Ghost Month in China is uncertain. Cultures in Asia from India to Japan share similar beliefs about the month and these traditions seem to date from before Buddha. More ancient folk religions covered the entire area. Some of the ancient folk religion is incorporated in Taoism or Taoism, the indigenous religion of China. The gates of hell are opened on the first day of the seventh month and hungry ghosts are released to find food or to take revenge on those who have behaved badly, according to Taoist records. Some Chinese think that the gates of heaven are also open during this month and they worship their ancestors from heaven too. On the first day of the month, people burn make-believe paper money outside their homes or businesses, along the sides of roads or in fields. Sometimes they go to temples for this task. On a trip to China during this time, you will probably see people occupied with this activity or find the ghost money on the ground. They want to give the ghosts money they need during these special months. And people also light incense and make many sacrifices or food to worship the hungry and happy ghosts. People trust that the ghosts won't do something terrible to them or curse them after eating their sacrifices and while holding their money. There are street ceremonies, market ceremonies and temple ceremonies. During street and market ceremonies, people gather at the streets and markets to celebrate the festival. 
At temple ceremonies, monks and temples organize festive activities. Many believe it's important to appease the ghost to avoid spiritual attack. The last day of the seventh lunar month is marked with a special festival too. This is the day that the gates of hell are closed up again. People celebrate and observe this day in various ways. Many burn more paper money and clothing so that the ghosts can use these things in the hell society. In order to drive the ghosts away, Taoist monks chant to make them live. The ghosts are thought to hate the sound and therefore scream and wail. Many families float river lanterns on little boats in the evening. People make colorful lanterns out of wood and paper and families write their ancestors' names on them. The ghosts are believed to follow the floating river lanterns away. <laughs> In Hinduism, death is part of the greater cycle of life and rebirth, known as samsara or flowing around. As part of this greater life cycle, death practices and rituals are key within the religion of Hinduism. Hindus traditionally follow traditional death rites that stem from ancient religious principles. Pitrupaksha is just one of those traditional death rituals, but it's one that takes up more than two weeks of time each year. Pitrupaksha is a yearly extended mourning period during which many unique acts of worship take place. These worshipful acts are a way to show respect to departed relatives. They are also a way in which celebrants hope to help the souls of their deceased loved ones. The Hindu scriptures state that Every person carries multiple types of spiritual death in life from the moment they are born. Throughout his or her life, each individual must find a way to repay those deaths. One death is known as the ancestral loan or Pitruruna. Pitrupaksha is the time every year when Everyone has the opportunity to make a payment towards their ancestral loan debt. Pitrapaksha is a religious holiday, which means individuals and families participate in traditional rituals around the world. But Pitrapaksha has the largest impact in primarily Hindu countries like India. In those countries, businesses and social life shut down for much of the two-week period. People avoid holding important events like marriages and they avoid taking on new business or making large purchases during this time too. One of the rituals that takes place during Pitrupaksha is the Pindan or post-death ceremony. Pindan is a crucial part of Hindu death rites and it's considered a mandatory practice when someone dies. The Pindan ritual is based on the Hindu belief that a human soul can remain in the material world after death. 
For the pin done ritual, family members, usually a son or daughter of the departed, offer these same seeds mixed with rice and water to the ancestor. The offering represents the family's sincere wish for the soul to depart from the material plane and find salvation. In this way, the pin done acts as a final goodbye. Gai Chatra is a festival of dancing, singing, mirth and laughter. The festival of cow is celebrated in the Kathmandu Valley to commemorate the death of loved ones. As part of the festival, family members of the deceased of the past year sent people, mostly children, dressed as cows to parade on the streets. The festival usually falls in July or August. Gai Jatra is a time to remember last ones and also to ease the pain. The word Gai means cow in English. Cow is regarded as the goddess of wealth in the Hindu religion. Sharing sorrow and taking the comfort in knowing that they lost ones are safe is a true reason for celebrating this festival. The origin of this celebration goes back to the reign of the Mala rulers. It's said that the Mala queen was in mourning for a long time after the death of her son. The king, in an attempt to console her, asked every family that lost a loved one to come out in a procession to show the queen that she was not alone with her suffering. That's why there is much joy and joking during the procession that goes through the streets. <laughs> so, we have talked about Asia and Europe, but what about Africa? Avuru Odo festival originated from Nigeria and is celebrated in the month of April. It's an integral part of Igbo culture, one of Nigeria's oldest tribes. The Igbo people consider the Odo are spirits of the dead and believe that Alusi is predominant in all living things on earth and is presided over by the one true supreme god. People often wear masks and costumes to mimic these spirits as a sign of respect and gratitude. As deeply superstitious and religious people, the Igbos celebrate by conducting cleansing rituals, sacrifices, parades and offering food to the deceased. (laughs) Unfortunately, time is up. It's no surprise that different cultures have different ways of celebrating life after death and connecting with the dearly departed. There is a common truth that spans nationalities and languages. The more we embrace death as a part of the human experience, the more we appreciate life as we live it. Listen to us every Wednesday from 5 to 6 on Mushtar FM and also online on any platform for podcasts. Stay safe and spooky. Boo!